the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Going to be an interesting week, in my opinion. The week started off bad on Friday. I know you're saying that's an interesting start. How did it start off bad on Friday? Well, we got a jobs report, which was very complicated. To end last week, we saw that employers are having a tough time taking us to the next level. The first time unemployment claims are dropping, the people that had to go back to work to put food on the table have gone back to work is the thought. But you're seeing signs of stress in the labor market from companies like Chipotle and Kentucky Fried Chicken, from hotel and leisure companies. Some people don't want to go back to those jobs. We have a service-oriented economy, and we kind of need those jobs. When Chipotle is saying, we will give hiring bonuses, we will give referrals to our employees, we will pay them more. They're not doing it because they like you. They're doing it because they don't have enough bodies in the stores to satisfy demand. I saw firsthand this weekend from a quick hotel stay that one of the nicest hotels in the state of California uh, has a labor shortage. And they're more than willing to tell you that, the employees who are there. Like, I'm sorry it's going to take 45 minutes to get you a drink. I'm sorry dinner is going to be about an hour. We have a shortage in the like. A lot of stuff like that. Um, and that's going to be complicated for the United States. The Washingtonian is a magazine, and their editor came out with an editorial over the weekend that said, we're kind of asking our employees to come back. And if they don't want to, I understand. But there's going to be some complications with it. We are a business that ultimately has to write 20 stories. And yes, you could probably write those stories from home like you've done in the last year. But as we go forward, if you want to work at home, we're going to make you a contractor versus an employee. So if you want to, if you want to do a story a week, that's fine. But we're not paying your health care costs. You're going to pay your own. So the employees of the Washingtonian went on strike for Saturday. I don't even know what that means. I just found it a very interesting commentary. I haven't done a lot of work into it. I don't know how accurate I'm being at telling the story. Um, but a lot of people are going to be better. I can tell you the company that I work with, um, one of the companies that I work with, I'll be a little more vague with this. I mean, it's not radio. Um, a lot of people are already starting to growls and grumble. Like, why do I have to go back? Um, that can be a problem. It's like that getting people that 
second shot or that well, maybe the first shot's the right way of saying it. Um, I had to explain to someone what emergency use FDA approval is versus FDA approval. He was all indignant about, well, it's not even FDA approved. Well, it has the everything except for the manufacturing is the FDA approval. The last part of that, it's already gone through the testing to be approved. It's already had the safety. They've already looked at the components. They don't cause cancer. They don't turn you into monkeys. They don't do anything like that. Um, when it does get FDA approved, which will be typically 10 months after it was developed, that's how the system works, 10 months exactly. Uh, that's when that's one of the reasons we're having a problem with the Biden administration saying, well, we want Pfizer to share that information. We want them to lose the patent on it for the sake of the world. And Pfizer's like, well, it's not really about the sake of the world. If we give you the information, we're worried that India or Russia or China will mess it up, start manufacturing something that's pretty close to it. But instead of using filtered water they use carbonated water and suddenly people start dying taking the quote-unquote pfizer vaccine even though it's not now that may be a little faux by pfizer saying like how do we know and yes the war act could have been used instead of like let's free up that patent the war act could have been used to help pfizer make more manuf- more vaccines <clears throat> under their terms versus sharing it with others there's a it's really sticky in the world right now and a lot of people don't really understand how FDA processes work. It took me, trust me, a bit of a while to understand phase one trials. Phase one trials of COVID was them looking at all the medicines that are going to be put into this under a microscope and looking in encyclopedias for the last hundred years. Hey, has this, um, has this magnesium sulfite ever caused cancer when used with red iodine-3? I'm, I'm making up the ingredients. <laughs> It's, it's all lab. Second, it goes to animals. Third, it goes to humans. Fourth, it goes through that 10-month process of, like, can we manufacture it cleanly enough? So when those Johnson & Johnson <clears throat> tests got caught, they got caught at the factory. They didn't get caught in someone's arm, like, oh, boy, we gave you a shot we shouldn't have given you. It got caught before it left the factory. It, it's a clean and safe vaccine. The FDA approval is a formality on manufacturing, so that we can use it in emergency use. The safety efficacy has already been proven. Doesn't mean some people won't get blood clots. More women get blood clots from birth control than will get blood clots from Johnson & Johnson. If I were to bring up the idea of let's ban birth control, many Americans would freak out. But I get it. Everyone's going to have an opinion, especially when it comes to science. Are you a Bill Nye, the science guy kind of guy? Are you in the, well, I'm just going to roll the dice and see where stuff lands. Never been sick before. It's going to be quite the week. Major pipeline shut down in the United States due to a cyber attack. It's not lost on me that Memorial Day is coming up. And that's the start of the driving season. We know there's more vaccines in people's arms. We know people are starting to open up. We know that some of the states are opening up. Some countries are opening up for travel. Um, but having a having your largest pipeline in America attacked, we could see higher jet fuel prices, higher heating oil, diesel, gasoline. We may have to, and this is weird to me, the Biden administration may have to allow states to send energy, oil, 
with barges again and have the barges go from state to state. And to do that, you have to have a presidential act because there's some presidential, there's some sort of constitutional thing where states can't send fuel to each other by boats. Or I, I'm not quite sure how that is worded, but it's getting pretty serious pretty fast because it's been tied towards a Russian group who are known as the dark side, a Russian criminal group. So the Biden administration is going to test it on this one of how they stand up to it. CEO of Tesla came on Saturday Night Live, and I thought he was very endearing in his opening monologue. One of the things he said is, hey, people said I'm not, I can't be funny because I'm monotone. I'm monotone because I've got Asperger's disease. I happen to be a billionaire with Asperger's disease. It, it, he, like, he never smiles. It's weird. And when he does, it's like awkward. You've met people who have awkward laughs and awkward smiles. That's him. But during the SNL weekend news skit, I'm not confusing it with news. He played a fake analyst where he called Dogecoin. The bottom line of the five-minute skit was that it's a hustle, that it really shouldn't have hired. Dogecoin fell 30% on the skit. It's a very big reminder of sell on the news, buy on the rumor, sell on the news. A lot of people thought it was going to skyrocket. It went the other way. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Oh, this is awful. Some music to me just sounds like American Idol, where it doesn't have enough season or grit to it. I listened to a podcast over the weekend, and I think one of the more interesting bottom lines was how much Facebook is hated for their decision to ban Trump for life, but not really. There's a new thing called an oversight board, which is getting massive buzzword play in media as a way of explaining away corporate culture or corporate responsibility. Uh, this is just my opinion. This is getting very opinionated. The oversight board seems to do a lot of the dirty work the CEOs don't want to do. And the two most controversial CEOs right now are Jack Dorsey from Twitter and Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook. Both companies wisely, in my opinion, shut down Trump's retweets and tweets of hate messaging and fake news. Now, does he deserve to be on the platform or not? Zuckerberg has to make that call or he needs to step down. He can't hide behind the board. Or in this case, in time, someone who's looking into it for the board. The oversight board decided, well, we're going to look back at this in six months. So we'll let that stand for another six months. Five years ago, doing this show, we would do stories about... Maybe it was 10 years ago, five to 10 years is a better way of saying it, of how there was a typhoon in Japan or in Thailand, how there was an earthquake, how there was wildfires and people would get on Facebook and mark themselves as safe. There was kind of a wonderful world unifying moment on it, on, on national disasters. And I, I thought that was a good use of Facebook. I think we were all kind of proud of where it was growing up to be. 
oh, by the way, Apple releases that operating system update where you have to let Facebook track you and your activities when you're not on Facebook or any other company, whether it be Snap or Twitter, 96% people have asked not to be followed. That is a game changer. Advertising rates have dropped significantly. If there's a quarter where you want to start betting against a Facebook or a Twitter of not hitting their ad numbers, and I'm not saying I am because I'm not at this point in time, that would be your first flag of this could be a problem. If you're in a business who places ads tied towards internet impressions, tied towards tracking of users' details when they're not on your site. So five, ten years ago, and media is changing on him, um, a lot of people want Jack Dorsey to quit Twitter because they've actually looked at the transcripts of Square, which is Jack Dorsey's second company, and Twitter, Jack Dorsey's first company, and during the conference calls, he's 60% more engaged in Square than he is with Twitter. So a lot of people are like, he's distracted. He needs to move on to one. Inside this podcast, they talked about Twitter, who they should buy. And when, I'm, when I reveal it to you, because it is for sale, it has been confirmed that it's been shopped. When I say it to you, you're gonna, it's going to blow your mind. Twitter should buy CNN. And I 100% agree. And Dorsey needs to do that now to show that he's in charge of Twitter. And the oversight boards are saying, you know, Dorsey was right. You know, it's probably a good thing to cut down on misinformation. Maybe we should be using these platforms. You know, when we heard about uh, uh, Osama bin Laden getting captured, it was on Twitter. Twitter broke the news 20 to 30 minutes before CNN did. CNN probably had to go through the channels, probably had to confirm stuff. But someone got on Twitter and was like, hey, there's a big helicopter over a base in Afghanistan. And next thing you know, they got somebody. Next thing you know, oh, it's Osama bin Laden. They're leaving. Next thing you know, 20 minutes later, CNN's like, Osama bin Laden has been killed. So Twitter broke news. And I think we all know Twitter can break news better than news can break news. But back to Facebook. The, the wisdom is that Zuckerberg has to go because he's thinking of Facebook as a country and that everyone should have free speech. But is it good for the country? Or is it good for the individual? Um, a lot of people have opinions on what he should do. So that's your lesson in oversight boards and board of directors. It would be very tough to oust Zuckerberg, but down the road will Zuckerberg want out because it's grown too big for him and he can't really contain his vision in it? That's probably going to happen. So that was in the news. Um, let me hit something real quick. I'm trying to get to numbers and my internet's moving very slow. I tend not to check market numbers until they've been open for almost an hour. <clears throat> Because it doesn't mean anything. If I were to retire today at 9.30 in the morning or 6.45 in the morning or 7.15, I'd be checking the news. Not to me. Um, isn't it shocking? There's a big uh, headline. Times Square gun victim. I screamed, I don't want to die. And I'm like, eh, it doesn't look like a lot of people died, so I'm going to skip to the next story. We live in a very desensitized country.
Um, NASDAQ down. That's interesting. Dow up. That's interesting. Or not. That's been the exact trend for the last two weeks. Big tech failed to rally Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Google had all stellar earnings. And they failed to rally and break out to new highs. A little bit here, a little bit there. But the reopening economy is working better than the tech economy. Taking a look at it, I see Apple and Qualcomm and um, Facebook down pretty aggressively. Facebook's down 3%. So NASDAQ's getting no love. NASDAQ is tech-heavy. Tech-heavy is um, growth-heavy, and it's getting favored out versus the reopening. I can tell you, going to a restaurant this weekend in a hotel, uh, or a restaurant in a hotel, the reopening is, is choppy on labor, just to say the least. April employment report was weak on Friday. Stock market drew strength from it, but we started looking at it over the weekend, and we're like, this could actually lead to more inflation as people don't want to go back to work for lower paying jobs. They want higher paying jobs and they're staying out of work, kind of living off any sort of stimulus or any sort of savings that they had. That seems to be a theme. It's not going to spread to every person. It's not going to be something we can label the whole situation, but it seems to be a bit of a concern. Citigroup downgraded Alpha Bet, which is also known as Google, and Facebook to neutral from buy. Barclays downgraded Oracle to equal weight. Atlantic Equities downgraded Intel to underweight. That's a lot of pressure on tech. Commodities are skyrocketing. Ridiculous. Copper, iron ore, gasoline. This is not a good recipe for the short term. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Had an interesting weekend. Got to see my first real live Karen moment where an educated Caucasian woman went after a black referee at a soccer game for kids where the city that is known for higher education was playing a city that was probably known for more first generation Americans. I'm talking around a lot of talking points here and let's just say it was a Latin team versus a Caucasian team. It's not quite that simple, but she represented the Caucasian team and some 12-year-old kids played soccer without a mask, and she freaked out. She's hiding behind the fact that her doctor's an ER doctor. Her husband's an ER doctor, well-educated, has seen what COVID does to the system, has seen what people on ventilators look like, has seen what family members have died because of COVID. Whereas the Latin community has probably some more stereotypes of we don't really trust shots, we don't trust Americans, we don't trust uh, that we've been integrated in and accepted and that all's going to end well. I'm just really, really oversimplifying this. But she lost her stuff. And it was entertaining to watch because it was like watching kind of like a Fox News cast fighting with an MSNBC newscast. And it was pretty predictable. 
But at one point in time, the referee just decided, I'm going to make it all about me. And he asked that he turns around to the kids because he stops the game, tells the woman, you're going to forfeit if you keep this up by telling your kids to wear masks. And she was telling her kids to wear masks, but the ref could hear it. And he thought he was telling the other team to wear masks. The other the two coaches were just silent because they don't get paid enough to really have an opinion, but they're supposed to enforce state mandates um, and have the kids wear masks. But if you know, it's it's complicated, in my opinion. I wouldn't mind seeing the mask if you're going to do it. Three months ago or two months ago, you couldn't even practice soccer. People were so afraid of getting together in groups. So I, I get that there should be a transition out of it, but it, so the ref stops the game and asks the kids, um, can you breathe in a mask? The ref's like, I can't breathe in a mask. Can you breathe in a mask, kids? And the Latin kids said, oh, we can't breathe. We can't breathe. And the Caucasian kids are like, oh, we, we can breathe. It's easy. See? <laughs> and there, it, it was just, it was a show. <laughs> but that's one of the reasons Pfizer's going to be selling the vaccine for years to come and booster shots for years to come. And communities are going to be devastated. They don't get the shots. Uh, we're seeing it play out in India. It's not because the disease is particularly mean to Indians, people from India. It's because they live in densely populated areas and uh, they let their guard down after elections earlier this year where it became devices on, you know, why are you trying to contain us? Why are you trying to contain us? So they just said, I need to go to weddings, political rallies, and stop wearing masks. And they're getting crushed. And it's tragic. Um, hopefully you had a good Mother's Day. Earlier in the Rob Black show, the show from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m., I talked to how about it's a complicated holiday for me. My mom passed first time, and I've got very sweet memories of her. I'm not going to get all boo-hoo, but... To me, it's even more complicated for women in society who want to have babies and can't because their bodies or the universe just won't let them. There's problems in the pipeline, so to speak. It's very complicated for women who, at an early age, decided not to keep the baby and get a medical procedure to stop it from going on. And then they never found love again or their body wouldn't, wouldn't work with them. It's a complicated holiday for people who their mom was a single mother and dad walked out. It's a complicated holiday to me. And like, I can't go on Facebook on Mother's Day because I just see everyone like, my mom's my hero. And I'm like, there's a lot of people this is a painful day for. But we as Americans have to rub it in our other people's faces on Facebook how great our life is. Ethereum, the world's second largest cryptocurrency, has soared above 4,000 for the first time. Dogecoin got hit up to 40% after Tesla CEO's Musk's performance on Saturday Night Live, where during one segment, he referred to it as a hustle. During another segment, he played a Wild West character who talked about cryptocurrency might be better than gold because cryptocurrency, you don't have to dig in the ground to get a rock. Like, I get it. It was funny in theory. My fear is, is that we get in too much of a cult of personality situation and people start throwing their life savings into whatever Elon Musk does because he must be right because he's a billionaire or whatever Rob Black does. I don't want you following me. Um, I work with a company that does a lot of research. I want you following them. I don't want you following me. I don't want you like thinking, Rob said on radio that video games are a great investment, therefore I'm going to do it. If that's the idea I plant in here, that's great. I'm trying to plant a well-thought-out idea. I'm not saying, uh, let's see what's working today. 
Uh, Chipotle is hiking wages. Now, in my head, that's a sell. They're getting hit with labor costs. And the biggest cost of doing business in most businesses in the United States is the cost of labor. So again, it was not lost on me that the Washingtonian editor started off the weekend by saying, people who don't come back to work may become contractors, and contractors get paid less, and they get a lot less benefits. And people are like rousing and grumbling about it. Robbling, so to speak. Robble, 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 robble. Disney, Electronic Arts, Applied Materials, all going to report numbers later in the week. Ford's going to recall 661,000 Explorer SUVs. Um, and you're like, should I sell Ford because of that? No. Recalls are a part of business. And insurance covers it. And companies don't go in like, um, I've got E&O insurance. Errors and emissions. If I make a mistake on air, which I've never had to use my you know insurance personally, if I make a mistake on air, I need to legally cover it. Like if I say something like, hypothetically, cryptocurrency named XYZ just went to zero, and it turns out to be a April Fool's joke in the middle of June. I can get sued because I gave bad information. And it, whether the suit has merit or not, I have to hire an attorney. Oh, I heard the greatest mother story ever. So my in-laws all got together. There's four mothers in the group. And one of them has a 19-year-old boy. And she said, I said, you must be proud. He's, he's, last time I saw him, he was a little kid. He was 12 years old. He was in a swimming pool. He's 19 now. He's big, muscular, strong. Like, he looks like a man. And I said, it looks like he can go to war. Like, he looks like his hormones are raised. Like, everything looks, and when I, I didn't, wasn't trying to say warmonger or anything like that. He just looks fit. And she goes, oh, he tells me about some of the girls he dates, and I feel like I need to get an attorney on, on staff. I'm like, what's that all about? And I didn't get further information, but I'm kind of guessing there's probably a Tinder date or two that maybe doesn't get a phone call the next day. And she's worried that the police are going to get involved because a girl that his son ends up hooking up with but not staying with decides to change the narrative of the story. And I'm like, oh, boy, that could be a problem in the 21st century, couldn't it? Um, and it could be. Parenting? It's a little more complicated in the 21st century, is what I kind of got the news on. So Dogecoin or Dogecoin? Dogecoin. Dogecoin. I hate the pronunciations of it. Elon Musk, 40% pullback over the weekend, but it's already starting to claw its way back up. Microsoft reported numbers later this week. That's good. Uh, not, that's not what I want to say. I'm sorry. Microsoft could be losing the Jedi contract to build like Star Wars missiles in space. Um, and it might go back to Amazon, getting that network up there. Because Amazon's suing, Pegon says, well, we may just take the whole thing away from both of you. Jeff Bezos and Trump didn't get along. Oddly enough, Microsoft got the contract, even though Amazon thinks they gave a more favorable bid. Just the threat of a lawsuit. There's a really interesting segment in here, if I, if I were to scratch at it and pick at it like a scab, of insurance. Um, and why it's so important that you don't want to get sued. Um, the idea of needing a lawyer, it, it sucks. 
but mitigating your risks is also a very wise thing to do. I had to drive with one of my children at midnight on Saturday, and it was one of the first times we drove late, late at night. And he's now of the age where I could start giving him fatherly advice. And I'm like, I just want you to know. And it's interesting. We talked about his name and why I got the name and why he has a funny middle name, Danger. Um, he's like, why do I have a funny name? <laughs> and I'm like, well, because I think it's a, a way for you to meet women one day at a bar or to make interesting conversation about your middle name. My middle name is Francis. It's the worst middle name ever. I hated it when teachers called it out. But when someone calls out Cameron Danger Black in school, that's pretty awesome. So he's going to be able to walk up to people and say, Danger's my middle name. Um, but then I also got to talk to him like midnight at, driving on Saturday. I'm like, that guy's drunk. Look at him. And it's just, it was the first time I was like, when you drive at midnight, be sober. And when you drive at midnight, realize other people might be drunk, especially on 4th of July, New Year's Eve. When you drive at midnight, just know that that's when bad things happen. Uh, nothing good happens after 1 a.m. And I'm going to just tell my kids, try to be home at 1 a.m. If you're at a bar at 1 a.m., something bad's going to happen. If you're at a nightclub at 1 a.m., something bad can happen. <laughs> If you're at home at 1 a.m., so it was kind of interesting. But cutting down on your risks is, I think, part of living. Um, I see a lot of people get taken down by legal issues to be of being sued. Anyhow and anyway, mixed market, uh, reopening, working. Last year, growth, not working. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. It's turning into a very negative day for big tech. Facebook's down 12 bucks, down 4%. I see Qualcomm's down 4.5%. Google's down 2.6%. Apple's down 1.5%. Anytime I see a name down over 3 4%, that's a big move. Now, let me try to explain where I come from on this one. I grew up loving reading. I grew up overseas, so I didn't have TV as entertainment. We didn't really have radio as entertainment. And I, I can make a joke, and it'd be just culturally insensitive. One city that I lived in when I was in second grade was Turkey. Well, not city, but country. I lived in a little part of it called Izmir. And uh, no radio, no television. But like the radio that you would hear was all in Turkish. And it didn't sound very pleasing to my ear because I knew none of it. But there was torchlight parades to highlight their military. We lived in a penthouse because that's how Americans live abroad. Um, we had security which is, again, how a lot of Americans live abroad when you integrate into the culture. So I had no American friends. Um, all my friends were Greek or Turkish, which is pretty interesting because I knew no Greek or Turkish. Um, the elementary school that was American had maybe 10 kids in second grade, and they came from different parts of the area to drive into school, Right. Um, where am I going with this? Different culture, different radio. I don't know. I don't even know. Oh, oh, I was going to go into, uh, I'm thinking about buying really expensive seats to see Green Day and Weezer at a summer concert. I'm like, why the heck not? 
<laughs> at this point in time, like I need some real entertainment. Um, and I'm willing to overspend on it where I don't really want to be front row in a pandemic, but coming out of a pandemic, I'm really starved for entertainment. So I'll pay those dollars. Like it's weird. So seeing big tech fall apart right now is a trend because now, now let's pull up a quick question here. How's live nation doing? Uh, live nation is another name for Ticketmaster, right? And they're kind of an evil company the way media thinks about them. They tend to start owning venues and they tend to kind of like get artists kind of in this track of you're paying for the cost, not us. You're paying for the rest, not us. Um, it's pretty controversial. If you've ever bought tickets on Live Nation, like, hey, honey, let's go to, let's, let's go to a 49ers game this week. Well, we don't have season tickets. And I go, well, I'll just go get them on Ticketmaster and see what they're selling for. Or let's go see Hamilton. And you're like, $100 ticket, that's two tickets, $200. Let's throw in tax and say it's $220. And you start seeing the fees, and you're like, this is offensive. So $220 tickets quickly becomes $315 due to fees. And you're like, whoa. But because Rob Black wants to go out and get entertainment, Rob Black wants, Rob Black gets. Um, they've done pretty good last year. One point in time, you could have got the stock for forty bucks. Now it's eighty-three dollars. Now a year ago, did you feel confident things were going to reopen? Probably, you said in the back of your head, "This will." Remember, in last March, we were like, "Probably by the end of the summer," and then it was probably by the end of fall, and then it's like, "Oh boy!" And it's not lost on me. A lot of my favorite bands, like Walk the Moon, AJR, um. They've put off their shows until 2022 because the venues are trying to get – there's a big insurance problem. But a, com- a band, a company, listen to that. A band like Green Day and Weezer, they're able to pull it off because the promoters feel a little bit more comfortable. It's just – it's very weird that the halves are getting bigger, even in media. Okay, so real quick look at Live Nation. In the last five years, it's gone from $26 to 83 And you can really see the pandemic in its chart. So if you pull up a chart, ticker symbol is LYV. The one thing I like looking about charts, and there's a lot of people on radio and television like, oh, look at the chart, look at the Bollinger Band, look at the, the double top, look at the, the triple bottom. Um, they'll get technical on it because they're trying to like tell you that they're smarter than you. They're not. They're just using one form of BS to try to woo you to do business with them. But I like looking at charts because it doesn't hurt. It's not like a shot. There's no pinch. And I'll take a look at the last five years, and I could see the pandemic. Now, if I were to take a look at the last 20, uh, 20 years, in this case, Live Nation goes back to 2006, Ticketmaster. So we did get that 2006-2008 recession, and you could see it dipped. I, if I could see 2001 where 9-11 happened, you'd probably see a dip. So what you can start doing by looking at a chart, again, it's free and it doesn't hurt you, is you could start seeing events inside of a chart to see how a stock did. How did it get through a recession? How did it get through a pandemic? How did it get through a war? 
whatever. We've had wars. We've had Gulf Wars. We've had war wars. Charts tell you a lot. And it doesn't hurt to look at them. What I like seeing is 2006, 2008, during a pretty big recession, it went down from $19 a share. Oh, no. All the way down to $4 a share. It can lose 50% during a recession. Or maybe there was litigation going on. Maybe someone sued them for being a monopoly. There's a lot that you can like miss see in a chart in the year. And I could see the pandemic, obviously. But do you know what those were? Buying opportunities. Because I'm seeing it's at an all-time high today. It's not an all-time high. It's close to an all-time high. Buying opportunities from the worst days ever in history. It's, it's, it's worth looking at a chart. It, it, it should assuage some of your fears. Long-term buy, short-term, medium-term, I don't know. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com.